everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. It's your boy, Dr. Mark List. Sorry for that. I was bored and needed to do that. Uh, today, we're talking about uh, some weight loss agents. But before we do that, we're going to talk to the primarycarepod at gmail.com inbox. That's where you can send me any jokes, anything you want to talk about, any questions you have for me. Uh, always willing to answer and talk. Uh, today's uh, episode is sponsored by a listener joke. It's not actually sponsored. I lied. Um, Dr. List. Where do boats go when they're sick? To the dock. <sighs> okay, let's start the episode. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List. Here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Pod Girls, Pod Boys, Pod Peeps. It's your bod doc, doctor, Mark List. And uh, today I'm clicking around because I'm getting the study open. Uh, we are talking about weight loss outcomes associated with semaglutide treatment for patients with overweight or obesity. This is in Open Network JAMA. Um, this is uh, kind of uh, the online uh, journal, basically. Uh, it, it is peer-reviewed, but definitely not very uh, uh, you know, significant studies. But this is an interesting study because, um, and it came out uh, in September 19th of 2022, and we have seen randomized control trials for semaglutide, and specifically with diabetes, but as it was kind of branded uh, instead of Ozempic, but as Rebelsis for weight loss, since we saw significant weight loss with Rebelsis at three milligrams daily, and then after a month, seven milligrams, and then titrating up to 14 milligrams. And so they wanted to look at, this was a study done at the Mayo Clinic, a referral center for weight loss. So these were patients that were overweight or obese who had been referred to this uh, specific center um, and were treated with semaglutide in real-world scenarios from January 2021 through March 15th of 2022 and had at least a follow-up of six months. And so they followed 408 patients. And so this was a uh, a post-analysis, uh, a retrospective cohort study, basically, um, non-blinded, but just looking at patients and their weight loss journeys. And so they looked at uh, overall weight loss percentages, overall pounds or sorry, kilograms of weight loss, how many of their patients on the drug lost 5% or more of their body mass, 10% or more, 15% or more, 20% or more, and looked at intervals of three months and six months. Interestingly, interestingly enough, they looked at patients with type 2 diabetes versus patients without type 2 diabetes as well. And this actually ran counter uh, counter to my and my partner's real life experience to how some of these outcomes went. Uh, so what did they do? You could either, uh, they did not use the oral. I, I talked about how the trials had, had done the oral semaglutide at 3, then at 7, then at 14. This trial only used the weekly 1.7 milligram injections of semaglutide or the 2.5 milligram weekly injections of semaglutide. Uh, similar weight loss have been seen with the oral agents. Obviously, the doses are different and the uh, uh, protocols are different, but basically showed that 
1.7 milligrams and 2.4 milligram doses of semaglutide weekly were associated with weight loss that was similar to seen in randomized control trials, that the real life does pan out exactly how we saw in RCTs. So patients that aren't uh, involved in randomized control trials, these are people that were just seen at a doctor's office and then followed up. The weight loss after three months was on average, right, the mean weight loss was 6.7 kilograms. And obviously, for those of you who do calculations in your head, that's about 14.7 pounds at three months, which, you know what, that's not too bad, okay? Now, when we talk about the weight loss at six months was 12.3 kilograms. So a significant improvement from uh, month two to, or month three to month six. At, so that's 27 pounds, just over 27 pounds of you, uh, my American listeners, which is 70, oh, close to 80% of you are American listeners. Now, when we talk about a mean percent of body fat, though, it's actually uh, at three months, it was on average, right, a mean of 6% of body mass lost, okay? And at 12 months, the average person in the study lost almost 11% of their total weight, which is fantastic, right? Um, 87% at six months had lost 5% more of their body weight. Over 50%, obviously you were over 10%, I just said that. And a quarter of patients achieved 15% total body mass loss and 8% achieved a weight loss of 20%. Now, here's the, and I've seen this too. I, I, I use actually some semaglutide a lot, uh, specifically for weight loss, recommend it, uh, not always affordable. And so um, I've had probably less than 30% of my patients actually be able to afford this. Many patients are willing to pay for this. Uh, again, I'm in, a, I'm in actually a really good socioeconomic area. It's a good blend of um, uh, people on the high socioeconomic scale all the way to the, lo- to the lowest of the low socioeconomic scale. But uh, compared to my previous job and compared to a lot of communities, um, I'm definitely in the uh, higher tiers of socioeconomic patient uh, status. Um, I will tell you that uh, the number one reason why I don't prescribe this for weight loss is because it's not affordable for a lot of patients. But for patients that either their insurance pays for it or they're willing to pay cash, this is a good medication for weight loss. Um, this is one thing where not only do we see an A1C reduction and a reduction in their pre-diabetes rates and diabetes rates, right, uh, to better improve their sugars, but you see better improvement of their hypertension. You see better cholesterol numbers. You see reduction re- reduction in heart failure risk, right? Um, and we saw that in this study too. Now, in my personal practice, anecdotally, I, I also pulled some of my partners here in the clinic as well in here in family medicine. And we've seen actually better weight loss in patients without type 2 diabetes. Now, in this study, they saw that the same thing happened. Patients with type 2 diabetes had a lower percent weight loss at three and six months. So for type 2 diabetics, they lost about 4% of their body weight at three months. And uh, at uh, and if you did not have type 2 diabetes, you lost about 6% of your body weight at three months. At six months, if you had type 2 diabetes, you lost 7% of your body weight. And at six months, you lost 11.8% on average. So at six months, there was a lot of people that lost a lot more weight if they didn't have diabetes. Again, you are metabolically healthy. You have the tools internally to see better improvement. 
and you see dramatic results before type 2 diabetes. Now, this bodes well for those of us who are more aggressive about weight loss management. And here's the thing. Once people get metabolically super unhealthy, right, once, once you start to get that, uh, you know, pre-diabetes and actual diabetes, once the cholesterol numbers start tanking up, once the weight starts piling on even higher and higher and higher, and when you become metabolically so unhealthy that it's hard to even get back to any sort of, uh, you really have to rely on bariatric surgery at some point because people become so metabolically unhealthy that their basal metabolic rate drops, they're so unable to shed weight, and then it just piles on and piles on and piles on. This, uh, historically, I have never been a fan of weight loss medicines, ever. Um, I've never been a fan of their side effect profiles. I've never been a fan of a a lot of their... um, lack of efficacy and lack of really good data on the uh, in the randomized control trials. And semaglutide isn't unique in the fact that we've talked about this before. Once you get off the medicine, the weight piles back on. But in this in this trial, it's very clear that if you can prevent people from getting type 2 diabetes, you can actually keep the weight off. You can get a huge amount of weight off. You can keep it off. And you can likely prevent against diabetes, lower the risk for hypertension, lower the risk for cholesterol issues, lower the risk for heart disease. And so this has been my go-to. And I don't use many of the other medications. I know that's against kind of the expert recommendation where there's lots of other tools that you can consider instead of just using semaglutide. But I pretty much only use semaglutide now. And I think the data is really overwhelmingly positive. It's really the best tool in our toolbox right now. And again, even as a medical nihilist, I've seen enough people get to an unsustainable weight where they've finally hit metabolic rock bottom and they're completely unable to lose weight even with diet and exercise and even with aggressive diet and exercise and wind up needing bariatric surgery. This is, it appears to be a way to avoid getting to the point of needing bariatric surgery. And maybe for bariatric surgery, is some going to be a great option for people. I'm definitely not an expert on that. Um, but the more and more real-life data that comes out about semaglutide, the more and more I am happy to continue to prescribe that. Uh, really important to note, if you scroll into the, uh, into the side effect profile, 36% of patients in the trial had significant nausea and vomiting. 10% roughly had diarrhea. Um, fatigue was another 6%. So again, super duper important that you educate. Again, besides cost is the number one barrier. Uh, nausea and vomiting is another big barrier for a lot of patients. So again, uh, hopefully this was a nice uh, real life peek into the good things happening with semaglutide if patients can afford it or if insurance pays for it. Um, I think stopping the metabolic cascade and getting people back on track, even as a medical nihilist who has never been on board with kind of the weight loss drugs in the past, um, I'm, I've kind of jumped on the train full force on this um, as a way to stop that cascade and stop that weight gain uh, progression and hopefully preventing a ton of bariatric surgeries, even though bariatric surgery is a great option for a lot of people. Um, so yeah, we did an episode on semaglutide before. This is kind of an updated uh, real life uh, data on it. Uh, data looks good. Data looks really good. Data looks positive. Um, very happy with that. Um, I uh, uh, got nothing else to say on the topic. Hopefully you guys have a great week. This has been Dr. Mark List. Reminder, you don't need to stay up all night to stay up to date. Thanks and have a great week. God bless.